go again to Luke chapter 15, the story of the prodigal. And I'm um, talking about two sons, actually three. The, re- the re- rebellious and the religious and the righteous are all talked about in this chapter. But when, but when the disciples heard about the prodigal son, they would automatically go in their minds, and you should by now too, to Jeremiah chapter 31. It's called the prodigal chapter in the Bible. And in the prodigal chapter, there's some good news for you. It says, refrain your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears. For your work shall be rewarded, says the Lord, and your children will return to their own borders. And that's so key for the church today, too, because what's happening with this prodigal son well, the first one is the rebellious one, obviously, because he said, I want my inheritance and I want it now. It's just like Adam. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. I'm not living in my father's house. I know better than my father. So I'm bolting it out of here. Give me some bucks. And so I think they, somebody said he got about a third of his father's money and took off, went to Las Vegas and blew it out the door because he wasn't a very good manager of his own life. I said he wasn't a very good manager of his own life. He had lots of money. And he thought it was going to last forever. It's like people that are outside these doors right now, outside the church right now, they've got good jobs and, and things are going well and they don't need anybody to tell them what to do. No, I don't have to listen to anybody, especially a pastor. Well, you know, you, you, the pastor speaks for God. So if you don't want to listen to God, don't listen to the pastor either. You know, you don't have to. You don't have to listen. But this is the Word of God. I'm not preaching my convictions. I'm preaching the Word of God to you. Now, my convictions would have been, Suzanne was talking about the chariots of fire on on Thursday night, and I never ever watched it. Well, I may go watch it now, but I didn't back then because I saw what it did to the body of Christ at that time. At that time, I, I knew some people from the from Lahore in Pakistan that had church on Friday because that's the day when everything was closed in the country. And then I read Colossians chapter 2, you know, not esteeming one day higher than another. Then I read Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always, and this is the day that the Lord has made. So I realized if I can't run on Sunday, I can't run on Monday either. I can't run on Tuesday either. And, and I'm not saying he was wrong. He was, he was a Presbyterian guy that was under his conviction. But what I saw in the church that I was attending at the time was there was a guy working on his house. And I used to see this guy at Bible studies all the time and everything. But this particular Sunday, a nice day like this, he stayed home to work on his house. And then when he came back the next week, they took his eldership away because he was working on a Sunday. I'm thinking the man has got the summer months and he's trying to fill his home for his family and he couldn't do it because, because they watched the movie. So I can watch it now because I get it. But at the time it was like it was painful. It was hurtful to watch how people can use the word of God as a weapon against one another. There wasn't any grace in it. Anyway, so, so here we are. <laughs> Uh, we're not going to talk about that either, but here we are. Okay. Now you know why I didn't watch it. 
Pastor, you didn't see that movie? No. <laughs> I, I may watch it now. I get it now. He was honoring God the best way he knew how, and I get it now. So, yeah. But if you see me washing my car on a Sunday afternoon, don't throw me out for being a pastor. I can't believe he would do that on Sunday. If I can't wash it on Sunday, I probably won't wash it on Tuesday either. So, and I could be like Nancy. Um, don't go there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> a certain man had two sons. So he had a family. And in verse 12, the younger one of them says, Give me what's mine. I want to live outside of your will. I want to control my own life because self is king. And I'm going to do it my way. And that's what he decided to do. And so, and that's, again, that's like many people that have been in church. Like, and again, are you picking on people that were in church? Look, I remember, and I told you this before, walking through that minefield in Israel and staying in the center of the road because it said danger, minefield. Well, I'm saying to people that are not attending church, danger, minefield. The prodigal son didn't think he could get taken out either. But thank you, God, that he ended up in the pig pen. Which is, no, but you wonder why there's a recession right now? Why gasoline is $2.02 a liter right now? It's because it's, it, it's because it's time for people to return to the Father's house. See, no, but you live in your Father's house. So you, you have Ephesians 1, 3. It doesn't matter how high the gasoline gets. He'll pay for it for you. So you don't need to be concerned about it because you're in your father's house. He, this kid re realized that there was plenty in his father's house. All of a sudden he realized, my dad's not a bad guy. For years he thought, there's something wrong with that guy because he has rules and regulations. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I get it. I've been there myself. But, that, but that's rebellion. He had a good father. We sang that song, he, you're a good, good father. Well, he is. And whatever he tells you is for your benefit, not, not for your harm. He's telling you things to protect you, right? So he was rebellious. And we didn't, he, you know, he, he didn't want to bow to his father. But let's, let's just finish this a little bit here. We won't read it all because we taught it all before. But in verse 13, and not many days after, the young man gathered it all together and took a journey into a far country, and there he wasted his substance because he thought it was endless. He didn't recognize the provision that he got from his father. He could have been, it could have been endless and continuous, but it wasn't. And so he made some bad investments. It's like a lot of people that, oh, I got a good job now and I'm okay and I don't need this and I don't need that. The good job could fail you. You know, your health can fail you. Things, So many things can fail you. Don't think that you can live outside the kingdom of God and get away with anything. Why? Because God is not mocked. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. If you're going to sow rebellion, you're going to get it. It's going to bite you on the hiney. It's okay to say hiney in church? Okay, good. <laughs> A mighty famine. And so, so when he had spent all, now, now that he spent all his money, and he thought, uh-oh, I, I can't get unemployment from Justin Trudeau anymore. Now they're making me pay back the money they gave me. 
You don't realize this too. The government doesn't have any money. They never ever did. And so if they've if they're giving away money, they're giving away yours. And if they're going to give it away, they're liable to come back and get it again because they don't have any of their own. Reading the Bible through in a year is hilarious because you realize one king after another, one corrupt, one not so bad, but you realize that there's absolutely nothing new under the sun. The same characters then are with us now <laughs> because it's spiritual. Yeah. Okay, so um, so there was a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. Hmm. But here's something else you need to know about him. Deuteronomy chapter 21 says that if you rebel against your father, they stone you to death. So he he could he he was facing the death penalty. Now, for those of you that have ever been in the Middle East, it hasn't changed. What I mean is you disrespect your father, whether he's good, bad, or ugly, you're in serious trouble. You only have to be there a little while to see that. Well, you see other things too. You see the men sitting around drinking coffee and the women doing all the work. <laughs> it's true, it's true. <laughs> they're sitting around talking about what they're going to do and the women are doing it all. Sounds familiar. Anyway. <laughs> so it says, there was a mighty famine in the land and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of the country and sent into the fields to feed the pigs, <laughs> unclean animals. He would have eaten the husks for himself. He would have eaten the pig swill himself, but nobody would give him any. So, you know, so there's a, there's a serious outage here. There's a serious financial pressure here. When he came to himself, and that's the cool thing about it, he wasn't preaching that one back to the Lord was the pig pen. Circumstances, these circumstances that you don't like to see right now are going to fill the churches. That's what's going to happen. Because as long as they're comfortable, you know it yourself. As long as you're comfortable. I remember this one guy used to come out to Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship back in the day when we were in our heyday with Full Gospel. And his business was losing about 40 grand a month, bleeding. He was in every meeting. And then the business turned around, and then we didn't see him. So, you know, so pressure, the pressure is not bad. You know, we just read that in in, uh, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. He said, we're pressured on every side. We're pressured on every side. How many sides are you getting pressure on right now? Being pressured on every side, yet... Or but, always put the but in there, but not in despair. Perplexed. What is going on? I'm doing everything right. Why is this happening? That's perplexed. It's okay to be perplexed. You don't have to understand everything that God's doing in your life. And you can know the principles of faith, but you don't get to tell him how to work your miracle. If that was true, I know all the principles of faith, but it sure hasn't worked that way for me. Although I must say I was at the doctor's office on Friday and he said, thank God. A year ago, he told me not to do anything. I could drop dead. 
oh, this is a positive report. Now we believe Isaiah 53, the report of the Lord. I'm not, you know, I remember when he said that and I walked out and sat down waiting for the elevator and I was kind of stunned. You may think I'm still like that, but that's not true. <laughs> but there was a peace. There's a peace that we have that the world can't get. There's a peace that has an understanding, rules of heart and mind. Anyway, when I met with him on Friday, he said, you're not doing enough. And it's true, though. I got to thinking about it. I'll drive somewhere, and Nancy will get out and do the running. And I'll let her. But I can't do that anymore. I told her, don't you take that garbage down to that basement. Not one more time. I'm your garbage man. Then I, I'm getting a treadmill set up outside my office over there so that when I do have 10 or 15 minutes, no, no, but you've got, you've got to, you just can't sit and wait for God to move. He's already moving, but he'll encourage you to go, but you better do the going. He said, go ye. He didn't say, go me. Oh, God, please help me with this. Help me with that. Okay, help means you do your part and then I'll do mine. It's not, give me, have you got me, will you loan me? That's not how, how he works, so. Have your speaker hooked up to your believer. Your believer is your attitude of faith, and your mouth is your first action of faith. How you get your faith activated is you have to say stuff. You have to say, greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. You have to say things like Paul the Apostle said in Acts 20, 24. He said, I don't consider any of this a problem. He said, all I want to do is finish my course with joy in the ministry that God gave me. That's my part. My part is to finish it with joy and the ministry that he called me to. You have a ministry that you've been called to. Amen. So, okay, so if prodigal son helped this guy. Well, let's, let's just quickly look again at, um, well, let's read verse 20 because we have to read verse 20. No, we have to read verse 17. When he came to himself... He said, in my father's house, there's enough bread to spare. In my if you're watching online today, please don't take this as a condemning message. It's meant to encourage you to get right with God. It, it, you know, to condemn you or to beat you up, that's, that doesn't help anything. It's to remind you that you're walking through a minefield, and if you're walking through a minefield, you don't want to be in the lead. <laughs> Let God lead you. He said, trust me with all your heart and lean not on your understanding. He said, in all your ways, acknowledge me and I will direct your steps. I'll lead you through the minefield, the minefield of life. Satan wants to kill you. He looks at you like you'd look at a cockroach. He does not like you because he hates God. He can't get to God because he was turfed out into, into the earth. But if he can't get to you, he'd love to destroy your life. The thief came not for what to do what? To kill? Yeah, to kill your dreams, to steal the word from your heart, and destroy your purpose. Don't let them do it. Yeah. So he, he said, I'm here dying of hunger. He said, I'm going to rise and go to my father and say unto him, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me one of your hired servants. And he rose and came to his father. And all the way down the road, he was saying, when I get there, I'm going to say this, and he's going to say that, and I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say that. 
Just like the arguments you have with yourself all the time. Oh, yeah, he'll say this, and then I'll say that, and then I'll say that. And so he had all that going on as he was walking home. But I love this unconditional love and forgiveness. When his father, when he was yet a great way off, the only way he could see him from a great way off is he had to be up on a high hill somewhere waiting, and this is our job, waiting for the prodigals to come home, waiting, looking, and anticipating their arrival, preparing the church for their return. And when they do return, we're not going to do what we've done so much in the past. Where have you been? What have you been doing with yourself? (laughs) And just make them feel crappy. No, don't do that. Say, hey, it's great to see you here. He said, while he was yet a great way off, the father saw him and had compassion on him and ran and kissed him and kissed him and kissed him. And in order to run after him, one, one commentator said he had to show his legs which was a sin to them. He had to, in order to run, he had to lift up that, that gear they wear. And, and uh, anyway, so it's just a side note, not that it means anything to you or I, but no longer. So, and his son said unto him, I've sinned against heaven, and in your sight, no longer worthy to be called your son. Hmm. Hallelujah, see? The father said unto his servants, bring forth the robe of righteousness. Come on, bring forth the robe of righteousness. Bring forth the garments of salvation. Put the ring, the family, the family ring upon his finger. What you have on your finger is Ephesians 1.3. The opportunity to buy and sell in the name of the kingdom of God because you live in your father's house. And so whatever you can purchase in faith, whatever you can believe for in faith, come on, it's yours. That's Mark eleven twenty four. the things you desire. The things you desire, when you pray, if you'll just believe, if you just have that attitude of faith, and don't forget to say, whoever says to this mountain, be thou removed and cast in the sea, not doubt in his heart, but believe the things that he says will come to pass, that man will have whatsoever he says. He's saying, you can have whatever you say, so check out what you've been saying. It's not complicated. This is not complicated stuff. Check out what you've been saying because your future is coming out of your mouth. You're prophesying your own life. Make sure that it's a positive confession. Amen? Amen. I just realized I've been reading this again without my glasses. That's why it's a little... Amen. Now we know about the elder son. He was angry and he wouldn't, he wouldn't go in because that's... And here was the other thing. See, they were both orphans because the elder son lived like a servant. He was supposed to be up at the house with his father and he was out. Look at what... And how many times have you ever heard this? Somebody else got blessed and after all I've done around the church, I've done this and I've done that and I've done that thing. This other guy comes in and six months later, look what happened. Have you ever seen that or heard that? I have heard that many times. It's not about what you've done. It's about who he is. Receiving receiving what he's already done for you. How do you know that? Well, let's read on. He answered and said, 
these many years. And again, I'll remind you, God wants sons, not servants. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. You're led by his Spirit. You're his son. You're not his slave. He said, I've been here these many years. And do I serve you? And I've never transgressed any of your commandments. See, there was no love in any of this. You feed it and hold it until it feeds you and holds you. This is what happened with this guy. The time and the commandment. And you, you never gave me a kid. You never, that I might be, have a party with my friends. But as soon as your son, which has been beyond, whoever, your son rather, that's been devoted to living with harlots, you have killed for him the fatted calf. And again, you want to read about that calf, you can read about it in, in the book of Genesis, in Genesis chapter 15. You know, it's a covenant. It's a covenant sign to cut the, to recut a covenant. But, but the, what I wanted you to see was this part. 31. I would like to say this to you. Those of you watching my live stream, those of you sitting here in the building, all that I have is yours. All that he has. So don't stop. So stop begging him. That's what a slave does. That's what a servant does. Don't beg him. Claim your inheritance. Romans 8, 15. He said, we, we, we haven't been given the spirit of fear again. To the, the, how is it? We haven't been given the spirit of fear, but the spirit of love. sonship. We cry, Abba, Father. We call him our Father. Now, before we go to Genesis chapter before we, let's go to, um, this is a little side note here, but let's go to um, Malachi. Malachi chapter 4. Malachi, Marion, <laughs> just got back from Italy, sitting there so happy. <laughs> I wrote in my margin, a divine shift is taking place. And we're not looking for a visitation. We're looking for a habitation. Verse uh, 5. Behold, I'll send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful, or the great and terrible. Great if you're born again, terrible if you're not. Great and terrible day of the Lord. And he shall turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest he comes and smites the earth with a curse. This is what's happening. This is what's happening right now. When he, you know, Jesus said to the disciples, the spirit of Elijah has already come. Well, he came at that generation so that John the Baptist could go out into the wilderness and people were coming and getting baptized for the remission of sin. They get their sins forgiven. They went out into the wilderness to get their sins forgiven because Jesus started to teach our Father who art in heaven. No, Abraham's our father. No, God's your father, son. God is your father. He's your father, and he's not some mean father. He's a good, good father. He's the father that you can read about in the prodigal son. 
There's three sons there, the rebellious and the religious, and then the third son, Jesus, the righteous. But you are, that's who you are. You're the righteousness of God in Christ. Does that mean you always act right? No, I think not. Anyway, but now let's go to Psalm 27. I don't know about you, this is one of my favorite psalms right here. The Lord is my light, my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and they fell. Though a host should encamp about me, my heart shall not fear. The war should come against me, and this one, this thing I will be confident. And I like this verse 4, because David only had one thing. This is David's one thing. One thing I'm, I'm after. I want a title. I want to be something in the church. I want to be something in the body of Christ. No. That's not what he said, no. He said, I'm after one thing. One thing. Not that I can have a visitation, but that I can have a habitation. That I can dwell in the house of the Lord forever and inquire at his temple. One thing. Just one thing. Inquire of the Lord. Inquire of the Lord is to learn, to study the word. In the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me, and he'll set me up upon a rock. And now shall my head be lifted up above my enemies around about me. Therefore, I will offer in the tabernacle. Look at this. This is what I need to do in church. This is what I need to do when I'm home. You know, and I, I can't say that I'm doing it on the inside. Well, I'm just worshiping the Lord quietly. Now, if you worship the Lord, it's not going to be quiet. If you study the word worship, it's exuberance. It's spinning, twirling, doing all kinds of stuff like you, like you see me do every Sunday. <laughs> he said, I will sing praises unto the Lord. I'm going to worship the Lord. Verse 7. He said, Verse 7 is cool, too, because he says, I'm going to pray. And this is what prayer really is. I'm going to cry with my voice and have mercy, have mercy upon me and also answer me. You see that? Prayer is a, is a communication. You know, you don't bring them your grocery list and say amen and go on with your life. You listen. He wants to talk to you. He's got something to say to you even today. Even right now with Hooper's preaching. Even right now where you're feeling convicted over something that he told you to do and you didn't do. That's all good. Conviction is good. Condemnation is bad, bad, bad. Love will convict you to do the right thing. So I pray, and I, when I pray, I hear, and he speaks to me. Verse 8, when you said, seek my face, my heart said unto you, your face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not your face from me. Put not your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Don't leave me now, nor forsake me, O God, in my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Verse 11, obey him. Teach me your way 
and make me in a plain, lead me in a plain path because of my enemies. Hmm. Verse 13, huh? I would have fainted. I would have quit. I would have caved in. But my believer got hooked up to my speaker. I began to confess, we having the same spirit of faith. You've got it. We having the same spirit of faith that David had, we also believe and we also speak. If you're not speaking, you're not working, you're not working it, okay? I hit, look at this. I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait upon the Lord, be of good courage. He shall strengthen your heart. I say, wait upon the Lord. Well, I want to go back to verse 4 because verse 4 of David's one thing, and I said, God, how did he do this? How did he stay so focused on you when he had so much going on in his life? I don't even know what busy is compared to what David was doing and running from his enemies for a number of years and then becoming king for for 40 years. Like he, he had a lot going on in his life. But it just goes back to verse 4 that I may dwell. This one thing is that I may dwell, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Not the church building, the house of the Lord forever. Not just on Sunday, not just on Thursday, but to dwell there. I said, how did you do that? And with that in mind, we need to close over in um, John chapter 15. And again, can I tell the story for the 40th time? Okay. I'm in the valley walking through an apple orchard. It's this time of the year and they're all in blossom. And the Lord says, do you see them struggling to produce apples? No. What are they doing? They're receiving the rain. They're receiving the sunshine. And they're planted. They're planted. Like the tree planted by the rivers of water, bringing forth your fruit in its season, your leaf won't wither, and whatever you do will prosper. But it's about being planted. It's about being planted in a local church. It's about being planted in a local family. It's about staying into a place when all kinds of things make you want to leave. As a pastor, I could name you a few. <laughs> no, but then I read about what Jesus went through. Can you imagine? He pastored everybody. <laughs> I wouldn't trade his job for nothing, man. So chapter 15 says this. I am the true vine. My father is the husbandman or the farmer. Every branch in me that bears no fruit, I'll take away. And every branch that bears fruit, he purges it or prunes it that it may bring forth more fruit. <laughs> we won't get into the pruning part right now. <laughs> no, but it happens all the time. You know, pruning is either done by the Holy Spirit or other people or the Word of God. You know, the people around you that irritate you, they're there for a purpose. Don't run away from them. Why? Because when you run away from them, they're in the next church waiting for you. <laughs> Same personality, different body. 
saying, I can't believe this is happening again. It's going to keep happening until you get rooted and grounded in love and able to comprehend with all the saints the breadth, the length, the depth, the height, to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge and to be filled with the fullness of God. Amen. <laughs> so pruning, and we're not going to talk about that today. I just was trying to give you that little. No, circumstances will prune you too. I guess I'm still on it. You ever have adverse circumstances come your way? And you forget that all things work together for good. You know how many ingredients it takes to make a chocolate cake? <coughs> Shelly, do you know how many? <laughs> <laughs> this is not a hint or anything. Just <laughs> no, but the ingredients by themselves don't taste good. But give them to the right person. Give those ingredients to the right person. Give them to the right person. And you'll be happy, happy, happy. <laughs> anyway, okay. Verse, um, verse 3 says, now, now you're clean through the word that I've spoken unto you. Isn't that great to hear? Like right now you're having a shower. Right now the word of God is cleaning you up. I don't care what you felt like when you came in. You might have felt like crud and you might have felt dirty. You might not have lived right all week. It, that's not what it's about. It's about having a shower. It's about cleaning. And that's why Jesus said to the disciples, he said to Peter, if you don't let me, let me wash your feet, you have no part of me. Because your feet are what comes in contact with the earth. It's your walk, your walk that needs to be cleaned. You're clean through the word that I've spoken unto you. And then the Holy Ghost will clean up your walk because you trust in him with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Um. Verse 4, abide in me. Now, abide is mentioned 11 times here. Abide in me. So what does abide mean? I was hoping you'd ask. It means to continue in a permanent state. It means to live continually at rest. It's to, it means to remain. It means to continue means to trust. It means security. It means steadfastness. So when he's saying abide, he's saying all of that. Abide in me and I'm in you. This branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Well, that's good too because you can come up with all the church programs you want to. You can come up with all kinds of ways to grow the church, and, and, but they're works. It's just works of the flesh. In abiding, you don't have to produce anything. You, but the thing that we focus on is him. Him. We labor to enter into his rest. We come boldly onto the throne room of grace to obtain mercy, to find grace, to help in time of need. Our focus is on him, always on him. What are you doing today? I'm just hanging out with God. What are you going to do tomorrow? I'm going to hang out with God. What are you going to do the next day? I think I'm going to spend more time with him than I did yesterday and today. I really feel like I need to spend more time with him because I'm hungry and thirsty. He said he's obligated himself to the hungry. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst for righteousness. I'll fill them up. Say, I want to get filled up, Lord. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me and I'm in him. Brings forth, look at this, 
much fruit. Well, a part of that fruit is Galatians 5.22. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. So you want to be free from the law? You get into the law of love. What are you doing today? I'm loving God. And the more I love God, the more I can love you. Matter of fact, if I'm not loving God, I don't even like you. <laughs> no, I don't mean that personally. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying the more that I love, the more. Again, you can't give away something that you don't have. I've got some money in my wallet right now, and I could give it to you, but I can't give you more than what I have. So pray for me that I'll get more so that I can give more. Amen. Walking in his presence instead of seeking his presence. He said, you'll bring forth much fruit. If a man does not abide in me, he's cast forth like a branch and withered, and men then gather him and cast him into fire, and they're burned. If you abide in me, this is, this is awesome. If you abide in me, and that's not just enough Christ to get to heaven. Lots of people are satisfied with that. Again, we talked about it last week. You can be a pioneer, or you can be a settler, or you can be a monument keeper. The pioneers, like Paul the Apostle, I'm forgetting those things that are behind. Man, I'm pressing on. I'm not going back there anymore. As a matter of fact, I found out that there's no future in the past. So I'm pressing on. So that's a pioneer. A settler is saying, well, I don't have it all, but I'm comfortable. I just want, I just want to be comfortable. If I can just find a church that would take care of my kids, if I can just find a program, see, you need enough Christ. You, you know, it's not about you making heaven. It's about you invading earth. That's what he wants us to be, so full of him that we're invading the earth, so full of him that wherever we go, we're taking territory for him. Not just, oh, if I could just, if I could just get to heaven. No, you don't want to go there yet. Okay, so... If you abide in me, my words abide in you, you shall ask. Look at this. Is this in your Bible? Do you believe the Bible is the inspired word of God? Do you believe that when it's in red, it's Jesus speaking personally? Okay. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask whatever you will and it'll be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. And then the word in verse 6 is, and as the Father hath loved me, continue, that's the word abide again, continue in my love. Verse 11, these things I have spoken unto you, that my joy, that my joy, joy is not happiness, Joy is an inner force. Happiness might be based on your circumstances at the time, but joy is a force that will keep you no matter what other people say about you or to you. He said, I've spoken this unto you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy, that your joy, your joy might be full. 
We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.